Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Listen, there's no such thing as secret sin. God sees it all. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. He's, he knows it all. He sees it all. That's why it's, it's always better just to walk in the light with God. Don't try to hide your sin. He who covers his sin will not prosper, the Bible says. Have you ever felt as though you could keep your sin hidden from the Lord? Or at the very least, other believers? As much as many of us would care not to admit it, we all too often fall into the trap of thinking we can keep our sins hidden from the Lord. However, as Pastor Dan will teach you in today's message, this is one of the worst traps of oppression that we can fall into. In his study, you'll learn both the importance and power of bringing your sin before the Lord regularly so as to receive liberation. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Hosea chapter 5, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. There's a ring of truth that is unstable Knowing that you cannot find them all And if you listen carefully And sometimes even if you don't You can hear that sound Well, just as a little bit of a review, remember Hosea was a prophet who ministered to the northern kingdom of Israel after the kingdom was divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. He's in the northern kingdom of Israel, and he ministered in the final days of the nation of Israel. As the nation was declining, as the nation was on the fast track to judgment, Hosea was the prophet that God sent to them. And Hosea will actually witness the destruction of the northern kingdom of Israel by the Assyrians. Interestingly, though, the nation of Israel at this time is prospering greatly, financially, materially, economically. Things have almost never been better in the nation economically, and yet at the same time, they're spiritually and morally bankrupt. As a nation. Uh, So even though things look good on the outside for the nation financially, uh, the nation was morally and spiritually bankrupt. The nation of Israel had rejected God, as we saw in chapter 4. They had rejected God's word, God's standard. And so God will judge the nation of Israel for its moral and spiritual corruption. God judges nations morally. Uh, In chapter 4, Israel was symbolically brought into a courtroom by God, and God made charges against them. He gave an indictment against the nation for its spiritual and moral corruption. And so these chapters that we're looking at now in Hosea, uh, really to the end of the book of Hosea, 
Uh, they give us a picture of what was happening in the nation morally and spiritually that led to its decline and its destruction. So it's almost like an autopsy here, where we can look and see what was going on in this nation that brought God's judgment upon us. And I think it's good for us to study because we can see similarities in our own nation. What was happening in Israel is happening in our own country as we've become morally corrupt and we are declining as a nation. We saw in chapter 4 that one of the ways that God judged Israel is that he caused the nation to stumble. He said they stumble in the daytime and our nation is stumbling. And so chapter 5 now, he begins by saying, Hear this, O priests, take heed, O house of Israel, Give ear, O house of the king, for yours is the judgment, because you have been a snare to mitzpah and a net spread on Tabor. So this is an indictment against the entire nation, the priests or the religious leaders, the political leaders, and the people of the house of Israel. So the political leaders and the religious leaders of the nation were certainly corrupt morally and spiritually, but the people of the nation would have gone this direction even without corrupt leadership. The people were corrupt too. The Lord says, you have been a snare to Mitzpah and a net spread on Tabor. Now, now Mitzpah and Tabor were significant places in the history of Israel. Mitzpah, if you're a note taker, was where Jacob made the covenant with Laban back in Genesis 31 when they went their separate ways, and he separated himself from Laban. Tabor was the site of a great military victory in Judges chapter 4, under Deborah and Barak, when God delivered Israel's enemies into their hands and gave them this great victory. So both Mitzpah and Tabor were important places in Israel's history, uh, important to their spiritual history, They were places where God had once done great things, but in Hosea's day, they had become centers of idol worship. They were high places, and they became centers of idol worship. They had become a snare and a trap for idolatry. He goes on to say, the revolters, speaking of the people, are deeply involved in slaughter. Though I rebuke them all, they they don't respond to my rebuke. I know Ephraim. And Israel is not hidden from me. For now, O Ephraim, you commit harlotry, and Israel is defiled. Remember, Ephraim is another name for the northern kingdom of Israel, because Ephraim was the largest of the ten tribes that were in the northern kingdom. So the Lord says in verse 3, I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hidden from me. For now, O Ephraim, you commit harlotry, Israel is defiled. The Lord says, I I see what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You know, nothing is hidden from God. God sees all. God knows all. Listen, there's no such thing as secret sin. God sees it all. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. He's, he knows it all. He sees it all. That's why it's, it's always better just to walk in the light with God. Don't try to hide your sin. He who covers his sin will not prosper, the Bible says. Just walk in the light. Confess your sin. 
to him. And the Bible says, as we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us continually of our sin. You know, that's in 1 John. The blood of Jesus Christ will continually cleanse us as we just walk in the light. Praise the Lord for that. We're, We're not... You know, we can hide things from other people, hide things from our, our family or whatever, but you can't hide it from the Lord. So just confess it. Walk in the light with it. You know, look at verse 4. Again, these are the things that brought judgment upon the nation. They do not direct their deeds toward turning to their God, for the spirit of harlotry is in their midst, and they do not know the Lord, it says. The, the people of Israel did not direct their deeds toward God. Instead, they're, they're turning to their idols. Now, let me ask you a question. Where do you direct your deeds? Do you direct your deeds to Jesus Christ? Well, how, how do I know where I direct my deeds? Well, is your time directed toward Jesus? Are your thoughts directed toward Jesus? Are your activities, your energy, your schedule, your money, Or are your deeds directed towards something else? And all your energy and all your thoughts and all your time, is it directed towards something else? Maybe sports or a hobby or your career or watching television or watching videos on YouTube, whatever it may be. Is Jesus Christ preeminent in your life above everything else? Does he have first place? Or does something else take first place in your life? Israel did not direct their deeds toward turning to their their God. In fact, we're told they didn't even know the Lord at this point. And on top of that, verse 5 tells us they were prideful as a nation. The pride of Israel testifies to his face. Therefore, Israel and Ephraim stumble in their iniquity. Judah also stumbles with them. Speaking of the southern kingdom of Judah, they're prideful. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. The nation had become prideful, trusting in themselves, even when it got bad, trusting in themselves instead of calling upon God for help. In chapter 4, we saw they, uh, they rejected God. They rejected his word. They ignored God. They ignored his commands And we see here that because of their pride as a nation, because they just refused to turn to God or call upon God, they were stumbling. They were stumbling in their iniquity. The nation stumbled. That means they became weak and they began to falter militarily, economically. And again, the cause of the nation stumbling, it, it was spiritual because of their spiritual condition. And then he says in verse 6, With their flocks and herds, they shall go to seek the Lord, but they will not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them. They, they could bring an entire flock of sheep to the temple to sacrifice to God, but they're not going to find him. And the reason they're not going to find him is because the Lord has withdrawn himself from them. God has pulled away from the nation. The nation rejected him. They rejected his word. They rejected his ways. They rejected his standards. And so he pulled away. He withdrew. And along with God withdrawing, he withdrew his divine blessing and favor. 
and protection over the nation. That's why the nation of Israel suddenly finds themselves stumbling as a nation. They didn't want God, and so God withdrew from them. Similar, I think I've mentioned it last time, to the people of Gadara in the Gospels who didn't want Jesus. And they asked Jesus to leave. And so Jesus got in the boat and he left. They didn't want Jesus around, and so he left. Jesus will not force his way into anyone's life. If a person resists God and resists the conviction of the Holy Spirit and ignores God and rejects God, there's a point where God will give that person what they want and just withdraw from them. So even if Israel begins to genuinely seek the Lord now, they're not going to find him because he has already withdrawn from them. They can bring countless flocks and herds to sacrifice to the Lord, and it's not going to matter. You know, they they can seek the Lord all they want, but it it isn't going to help because he's already withdrawn from them. He's left the building, you know, he's not there. He's pulled back. I think that's a sobering warning to any individual who is playing games with the Lord and and resisting him and ignoring him and pushing him away. There's a point where he withdraws. And you don't know where that point is. You don't know when you've reached that line so that you don't cross it. There's a point where he just withdraws. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Verse 7 says, They have dealt treacherously with the Lord, for they have begotten pagan children. Now a new moon shall devour them and their heritage. Again, the people of Israel, they, they didn't care about the Lord Yahweh, and so they didn't teach their children about the Lord. And guess what? They had pagan children. <laughs> That's what happens. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, and, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You should talk about the, the word of God all the time with your family. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. The word of God should govern everything that you do. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, everything on your mind, everything that you see, every direction you go. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Your home should be a place that honors the word of God. Israel was commanded to teach God's commands diligently, carefully to their children and talk about his commands constantly with their children. Israel didn't teach their kids. And so their children were pagans. They didn't know the Lord, and they acted like the world around them. It's important for us, isn't it, as parents, 
to do our best to, to diligently teach our kids about the Lord and teach his word and bring up our children in the, the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Otherwise, they'll be pagans and act like the world. Sometimes even when you do bring them up in the Lord, they still end up acting like pagans and the world. This phrase here, a new moon shall devour them. You know, commentaries have some different ideas about this, but most of them seem to, to indicate that the judgment will come swiftly. You know, kind of like before the next moon is the idea. Blow the ram's horn in Gibeah, the trumpet in Ramah, cry aloud in Bethaven, look behind you, O Benjamin. Verse 9, Ephraim shall be desolate in the day of rebuke among the tribes of Israel. I will make known what is sure. The Lord says, sound the trumpet, sound the alarm. Judgment is coming. Now these towns that are listed here in verse 8, these were all border towns and they were strategic defense cities, but they became centers of idol worship. And so people would go there to worship idols. And these cities were along the border and they should have been defending the nation and warning the nation of approaching enemies, but the enemy was within the the cities. The enemy was already inside. The very thing that was going to destroy the country, destroy the nation, was in these cities already. Now watch verse 10. If the guy next to you is asleep, give him a little elbow in the ribs. So wake up. Princes of Judah, so this is the southern kingdom, are like those who remove a landmark. And I will pour out my wrath on them like water. Again, Judah is the name for the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom will fall a little more than 100 years after the northern kingdom. So the southern kingdom is on the same road as the northern kingdom. They're just a few miles behind the northern kingdom when it comes to their destruction. And he says here, the the leaders of Judah are like those who remove a landmark. What they would do in those days is they would they would mark property lines with stones and they would, you know, they would make a pile of stones to mark a, a, a property line. So moving a landmark was stealing property that belonged to your neighbor. And what he's saying here is the leaders of Judah were moving the spiritual boundary lines established by God and his word, the leaders of the nation. They were moving the spiritual boundary lines. They were changing the boundaries between right and wrong, good and evil, true and false, moral and immoral. And our leaders have certainly done the same thing, where we're redefining things in our nation. This is part of the moral corruption that led to the destruction of the nation of Israel. God says, I will pour out my wrath on them like water. Now watch verse 11. Ephraim is oppressed and broken in judgment because, here's why, he willingly walked by human precept. Ephraim, which is Israel, became oppressed and broken as a nation. As they were coming to the end of their life as a nation, the nation became oppressive and broken. Let me repeat that for you. As they came to the end, the nation became oppressive and broken. And it tells us why. Because the nation willingly walked by human 
precepts. They had God's word, but they rejected God's word. And instead, they willingly walked by human precepts. The nation didn't wander into human precepts unknowingly or accidentally. They did it willingly. It was deliberate. It was intentional. They replaced the word of God with human precepts. And that led to oppression. And it led to a broken nation. Now, this this can happen in a nation, but this can also happen in a church, by the way. And sadly, many churches have done the same thing, especially, I would say, in the last 18 months. We've seen many churches that have not been faithful to God's word, but instead they've replaced God's word with human precepts, human teaching, human philosophies, human theories espoused out there in the culture that in some cases are ungodly and antithetical to Scripture. And listen, you guys may not know this or keep up with this stuff. This is happening in churches all across our country right now, where they're turning away from the Word of God and they're bringing in human theories and teaching human theories in the church. All over the place this is happening. I want you to turn with me over to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 6, it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Just as you have received Jesus Christ by faith, fully trusting him, fully believing him to save you, now just walk in him the same way. Fully believing him, fully trusting him by faith. Just walk in him. That's all you have to do. Just walk by faith in Christ rooted and built up in him, in Christ, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, look at verse 8. Beware. It's a warning to believers. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Here Paul warns believers, he says, beware, don't let anyone cheat you of what you already have in Christ. Don't let anyone rob you of what you already have in Christ. Don't let them cheat you through human philosophies or human theories that come from men and are according to worldly principles and not biblical principles and not according to Christ, he says. He says, make sure you don't get cheated. You've got this great thing in Jesus Christ. Just walk in Him. Just get rooted and built up in in Him. But be careful, beware that you don't get ripped off by somebody trying to persuade you with human philosophies. And human theories that come from men that are according to worldly principles and not really according to Christ and not according to Scripture. Verse 10, look what he says, or verse 9. For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Why would you go anywhere else? The fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus. And then he says, and you are complete in him. He asked me how I know 
Tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Hosea, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. If you're a parent, you understand the quandary of disciplining your child. You hate to do it, but because you love them and want to bring them back into a right relationship, you give them consequences for their sin. In a similar way, God acts justly because He loves the people He created so much. He wants to bring them back into a right relationship, but this requires judgment for sin. If you're ever struggling to understand God's sovereign ways, always look back to Scripture as your guidance for God's all-knowing example. Are you enjoying this study in Hosea? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com, to hear more messages from this series. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. And thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know Him. It only takes willingness and a conscious choice You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable Knowing that you cannot find alone And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you don't You can hear the sound Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.